Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I'm your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, and I am so happy to have you here with us today. I'm so excited to start talking to my guest. She is so impressive. She is so brave. But for those of you who are just listening for the very first time, welcome to the show. This is the show where we educate you, empower you, inspire you to live a fearlessly authentic life because in my humble opinion, if we are not doing that, then what the heck are we doing, right? Right. <laughs> yes, yes. So as you heard, my guest today is a woman. Her name is Caroline Damore. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm yeah. so happy to be here. I am so excited to have you here with us today. Caroline is a mom and a CEO, and she has always been outspoken about causes dear to her heart. And recently, she began speaking up for the Jewish community after a post of hers went viral around the world in just a few hours. Standing up against all forms of hate and anti-Semitism, Caroline is now traveling the world, inspiring others to do the same, speaking to organizations, colleges, and online. And I am just so grateful that we finally found the time to talk today. Me too. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah. I just want to mention at the beginning, and this is kind of off my script of questions for you, but you know, I kind of fell in love with your personality with you. When I saw you, I'm obsessed with food and and cooking shows and so on. I hope you don't mind that I'm bringing this up. Please but when no. I when I saw you on Gordon Ramsay's show, what is it? Food Stars? Yep, Food Stars. They're getting ready to do season 2 now. Yeah. Yeah, so you were on season 1. I loved the show. I loved you. You were so ballsy. And then when you started speaking out, I'm like, "Wait a minute. I know that girl. I know her. I know her because you had the pink hair. Yeah. And here you are speaking up. And I don't cook. I'm a terrible cook. Nobody would ever eat my food. So it's very odd that I'm so obsessed with food shows. No, I think it's like a universal kind of appreciation because if you don't like to cook, you also like to eat. And I think, you know, um, I think food is just part of our nature, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like a very social thing, whether you can cook or not. So right. I, I do want to get into that. But before, the whole reason why I really wanted to have you on the show and knowing you from that show and and seeing you as a mom run your business is just so impressive. But you spoke out, you are not Jewish. Right. And um, as a Jewish woman, I did notice you and notice what you were doing and was so grateful um, that you were speaking for us after October 7th. Because as Jews, it's kind of... Um, a weird situation for us to be in, in that we want to speak out, um, but there's a little um, fear involved, you know, we don't know. And what made you speak out so openly? Where did you have the courage? What motivated you to do that? Yeah. You know, it was for me, like, I mean, listen, you saw like even on the Gordon Ramsay show, I'm not afraid to say exactly what I'm thinking. And sometimes no. it works in my benefit. And sometimes, you know, people think I'm a B word, but at the end of the day, even what Gordon said was, he said like, what he loved about me, which is why I made it to the finale as the runner up. He said, it's because you stand behind what you feel at all yeah. times. You have integrity. Whether I agree with it or not, he goes, you back yourself up. And he really appreciated that. And, you know, he does the same, you know, um, I think that on that show, I got a lot of shit because I'm a woman doing it. Right. And I just found it to be really ridiculous that I'm literally on a show of a man who is known for saying some of the craziest stuff to people. He created an entire career off of this. And right. then when I stand up for what I, you know, they give you a few seconds to give your answer to say, if you, if you like this, if you stand behind this project or not. And I had to be honest and I had to say, sorry, no, this is garbage. And because I did that as a woman, 
I got trashed for Did it. Did you really? Oh, but I learned so much because I was like, this is sexism at its finest. This is completely sexist. Um, I was right every single time. And I stood for what I believed in and I made it to the finale. And yes, I am a woman. So in a lot of people's eyes, they think I need to be all like, oh, is that okay? Oh, oh, do you like it? No, I'm sorry. Well, sorry. That's just not me, honey. You know, you're speaking like- to the you're speaking to the choir here. I mean, I've got about <laughs> 23 years on you. Uh, because I checked when I, you look, you look like you're 25 for goodness sake. Um, but I'm very mature. <laughs> but you know, we still get it in our 60s. If you are outspoken, um, I just posted a video on Friday night and got so much hate. Um, and it's just, it is what we are. And you know, I'm I'm so happy that you are this way because you were wonderful to watch on the show. You educated all of us. And I cheered you on just like I was so grateful and still am so and cheering you on for being so brave. So, okay. So this happens. Um, Hamas attacks Israel. The world every is, is a mess. You yeah. decide to speak up about this. And I saw your post very early on about this. Yeah. Uh, so what was the reason for you doing this? Bitterly, it wasn't even me thinking, oh, I'm going to speak out. Like that was never like the case, right? It was, right. I was just appalled. I was so um, heartbroken and devastated for the people of Israel to go through what they had gone through and are still going through today. Um, to then see no time to even mourn, October 8th, people are being attacked for just saying, like, my friend or family member was kidnapped or killed or um, raped. And they all they did was express this. Right. And then to see this like calculated barrage of hate that was clearly pre-planned. Um, now I've done so much research into everything. The reason I, when people ask me like, how do you deal with the hate? I don't, it's not real. It's just like totally orchestrated. It's just totally orchestrated um, plan. Um and I can see right through it. So I just, when I, when I initially saw um, the hate being spewed at people that were suffering, that's when I was like, sorry, like I always taught my daughter, when you see someone being bullied on the playground, it's your responsibility to go up there and help them and stand up for them. Easy. It should be the easiest thing we all learn to do and teach our children to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just how I've always lived my life. And when I was witnessing the suffering and then it's interesting. The people of Israel are going through what they're going through and the Jewish community over there, but they're not dealing with on a regular, like day-to-day anti-Semitism like here because everybody's Jewish there, right? So right. here, I've noticed women are much more scared here because they're not used to this sort of kind of backlash and mental abuse Um that unfortunately, Israeli women and men have had to get used to their entire lives, right? Um, no, it's, always- the, it's the hate here in the U.S. And you know, as as a Jew, you all you always know you're always aware of it. You always know that there are people that are anti-Semitic. It didn't go away after the Holocaust was over. See, it- I was not aware of this, and this is what blew me away. I thought. Anti-Semitism was an understandable, passed down PTSD from the Holocaust survivors. Like I am fortunate enough to say that I've never been subject of, you know, um, of of hate based on where I come from or my religion. Okay, mm-hmm. so when I and I grew up in LA, I have so many Jewish friends, and when I saw like two different girlfriends called me back to back right after October seventh, and they both called me crying, um, and my neighbor actually came to my door crying. And so I was like, what? Like, people are literally being mean to you because you're Jewish? Like, I was blown away. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't so it, believe it. So that's where it all came from, it yeah. sounds like, that you were just so, like, appalled. what? Like, yes. appalled, surprised. Appalled. So, and as your Jewish friends and as, you know, as a Jewish person, we know that. We keep that in our heart. We know it. It's just a matter of when is it going to come up in a conversation when people don't know that we're Jewish? If you don't, like for me, I don't have a quote unquote Jewish name, right? So right. who's to know? So they might drop something in front of me. And I'm I'm always, 
I'm hyper aware of it. Of it. It's been around the yeah. whole. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I was just blown away. I have always like um, been outspoken and walked for like movements of minority groups, whether it was trans groups or the BLM movement. And I learned a lot through like walking and, and protesting through the BLM movement. I learned that a lot of people were there because they actually care. And a lot of people were there just because I found that like creepy crawlers and like the uh, kind of evil, dark people of society, they find these movements to attach themselves to and they use it for like hate and other purposes. Like there are people that were truly cared about black lives and truly cared about, you know, my girlfriend has um, black women leads, which is an organization that I do a lot of, you know, work with and help whenever I can. And she's one of those people that is like, that really cares. But then there's the people that destroyed my family restaurant while they were marching down the streets. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the looters and the creepy crawlers, I call them. Right. So they come out whenever there's a big movement, but then they go back into hiding just like they did after the Holocaust, just like people, you know, like you have to, you, ha- you can't just live. It's like the trolls on social media. It's right. sort of the same thing, except that's in real life. They're actually right. marching. They're actually saying things and and um, causing a lot of damage. And honestly, what kind of friend would I be if I didn't stand up for my friends just because they were Jewish? And that's what I don't understand what's just happening with a lot of people right now. Like my two girlfriends that called me crying. They call me crying because one, she's literally in Israel. She was there just to visit and she hasn't come home since because she refuses because oh. of the way people have been treating her. Right. Um, she's literally running from rockets and her Hollywood friends are like, yeah, there's just a lot of context or like a lot of like she like wouldn't speak out about it. And I'm like, you're a bad friend. And I will right. say that to your face. And I did. I was like, don't be a bad friend. I was like, because you're obviously not a good friend at all if you don't care about someone's suffering because it's what? It's not cool to care about a Jewish person's suffering. Like how pathetic is that? Yes, I agree with you. And that's why we were, we as a Jewish community, Jewish people, I think I could speak for a lot of us because I've seen the comments and I know a lot of the women who have commented. Um, I I know them, and it's just so refreshing to hear it from somebody else. And it's not us all saying the same thing. Not that it would be the same thing, but coming coming from a different perspective. And I think that's why we've sort of attached ourselves to you a little bit because we're we're just so grateful. And is that is that how you felt after your video went viral? You probably were like, I'm just speaking from the heart because that's the kind of person you are. When I feel somebody's been wronged, I'm going to talk about it just as I tell my daughter, like, get that person away from the bully. Um, But were you then blown away at the all of the attention you were getting for speaking out? So I obviously I, like I suffer from major imposter syndrome, and when people tell me like, "Oh, you're a hero," or this or that, I'm like, "No, I'm not. I'm literally just a human." And I wish right. it was more common for people just to like do the right thing. Um, and I'm sorry that it's not, and I don't understand it. But I can tell you that I understand that now. I'm understanding more that people are just scared. Um, I, for some reason, am not. Um, so I'm very grateful. Like I literally could give two shits about what anybody has to say about me. I don't care. It's not, you know, affecting my business and not affecting my day-to-day life. It's just, I am doing what I believe is right. And that is so liberating. Mm. And, um, I believe that you get what you put into the universe. Like if you put good things into the universe, you're going to get good things back. If you are hiding from your truth and your reality and what's real, um, you're going to feel like fakeness coming from different directions. So I believe like your podcast, Living Fearlessly Authentic is so liberating and the only way that I want to live. Life is short. We all know this. Um, You know, I've already outlived my mother and I I want to have- Sorry about that. It's okay. You know, she made me, it made me strong and she's the one that I, you know, that I know is looking over me and watching me through all of this and- supporting me. So I know that um, if I died tomorrow, I'm really proud of the life that I lived. And I think that that's liberating. It is very, very liberating. You mentioned earlier when we were just talking about, um, how did you say something about it's part of the plot, it's part of the plan. What were you referring to? I'm referring to like I said, it was really weird how on October 8th, people were already ready with the buzzwords. People were Mm. already ready with the the 
hateful rhetoric and the evil this and that and to like just immediately like blame all of Israel, blame all Israelis, blame all Jewish people. It sounded like it was just like, I don't know. And then I started like looking into it and I had some meetings with some really important people, whether it was when I was in Israel and I was in the like Israel war room talking about this online, um, you know, because now I'm one of the main kind of voices of the online battle. Um, So now I'm sitting in these meetings with people that are like, what, you know, what's going on here? Like Israel knows that they have a terrible PR team. You know what I mean? Like, like the people of Israel know that they, they haven't, um, unfortunately they got comfortable. They've been feeling, you know, comfortable, which God forbid, you know? Um, so they didn't have a big, you know, uh, verbal kind of, um, PR campaign ready to go like the other side has been planning for decades, right? Whether it's Qatar putting funding into these schools, you now know how much money Qatar has been paying all of these colleges. So is it a coincidence that all of these kids are feeling a certain way? It is absolutely not a coincidence. Okay, right. I agree with you. So you have these college campuses, you have, you know, I called all my friends that are Jewish, that had children, um, in college. And I was worried for them, for their yeah. kids. And I was so happy my kids were not in college anymore. But I do have a daughter that lives in a major city. And I said, don't wear your Jewish star. Like, just for right now, like, don't. Like, you don't need to be a target right now. And everything does seem like it was set up in these schools. It was It was, It was. was ready to go. Yeah. It was absolutely ready to go. I also met with a woman who worked at Meta for like 20 years. She does private meetings. There was only like 20 of us on it. She won't like go super public with all of her knowledge, but she literally showed us and told us um, so much fake, fake news, fake accounts, like thousands of fake Instagram pages of people posing as Jewish people speaking against Jewish people. Yeah, it's it's all fake. That's why it doesn't even bother me. Yes, there's plenty. There's there's tons of fake accounts that are like, think about it. How smart? Buy a bunch of fake accounts. Pretend to be Jewish people that are speaking out against Jewish people. Like genius. Um, You just have to look at it as a business, and that's what they're doing. And they put billions of dollars into these bots. I I actually pointed out a bot the other day on my page because literally verbatim. Um, two different accounts, like back to back said verbatim, the exact same thing, like even with like the quotations and everything. So it's on my page. You can check it out. And it's just like, I've seen it now, you know, like like Nate Buzz has actually done a lot of work into finding out like about all these bots and things as well. So I've like, definitely like, I can see it clear as day. So it doesn't bother me. And that's why, um, I feel so confident in like helping other people speak out because, like I was actually scared at first, you know, you see everything on online and actually um, uh, a girlfriend of mine just posted about this yesterday. Her name's Ashley. Um, we were just did a, her, her sister. I mean, her cousin is actually one of the hostages right now. Um, one of the she's the young violinist, Agam, who we just saw recently with like blood on her yeah. chin. whatever. So I was just speaking with her cousin, Ashley Baxman. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm terrible with saying the names right, but she just posted today. She was like, you know, I was really scared. I took off my star. You see what's going on on social media and in America. But then when you walk around and it's like, I only got hugs when I landed in New York. I literally got hugs from people as I was getting off the airplane. There was nobody throwing things at me and trying to, you know, these, these, protests like I also just did this conversation with Lily Moo who is from Iran and she is so smart and it's like if we're going to listen to people let's listen to people who actually grew up in these circumstances like like the Gen Z of Iran are speaking against what Gen Z in America is trying to turn America into it's bizarre and it's like I just wish Gen Z in Iran could sit down and talk some sense into the Gen Z um here in America because there's me too are brainwashed they are um, yeah but anyway like we were saying it's so magnetized like um magnified on social media mm-hmm. so you see like all of the little fights that have happened but they're not happening all over all the you know like as ter- it's not as terrifying as the zoomed in lens of social media makes it seem so i just right. yeah there are things that happen of course but it i just feel like 
a lot of these, see, protests are expensive. Protests are very expensive. Imagine, how are they busing people everywhere? How does everybody have a perfect sign? You know, signs that they don't even know what they say or mean. I posted a guy the other day that was literally like, oh, I actually don't know what impetata means. Like, they're just getting handed signs. They're getting getting paid to hold the signs, right? Just randos off the street. Hold a sign. We need you to do this. Right. Join this movement. But the truth is, if it can make anybody feel better, I can't tell you how many non-Jewish women reach out to me daily and and men. And they're like, hey, I'm not Jewish too. I'm from here. I'm totally like, I love what you're doing and I support all the way. And if there's any way I can support, like I just, I spoke in, in, uh, was it Vancouver? I'm sorry. There's so many places now I forget, but I just recently spoke to a room of 500 women, half of them, 250 of them were not Jewish. And they all came to hear what this, you know, non-Jewish pink haired girl had to say. And they all reached out to me and been like, thanks. Like, you're right. You know, everybody does need to be educated. Just like this whole journey for you has been a huge education. And we're here with you on the journey and grateful. But with that education, like I said at the beginning of the show, you're empowered to share more and inspire to help other people, everybody who needs to be educated. Correct. That's what happened. I do want to say, like, when you asked, like, what happened, I did the one post. I did it quickly. I was out of the shower. Wet hair looked like crap in my backyard. I was just, like, stopping assholes to Jewish people. Like, seems pretty, like, common sense. Right. I went to a concert that night. I looked at my phone, and I was like, oh, no, what is happening? Like, am I in trouble? Like, I couldn't believe, like, 30,000, you know, views and this and that. And then it went to, like, 6 million very quickly. And I was like, okay, this just shows me that there's not enough people doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, That was clear as day. But then the outpouring of like love and tears, like the amount of people that give me a hug and they have tears in their eyes. um, You're right. That is what has kept me going each each day. Um, And what does your daughter think of this? My daughter is so smart. I don't hide anything from her. She knows she's always asking about the babies that are, you know, that she's thinking about that have, that are still being held in Gaza. Um, she also is very sad when she sees people, you know, tearing down posters. She understands that part of it. Um, she came with me to that speech because it was an all woman speech. So I felt very safe to bring her. I knew it was going to be a warm environment. Um, But I'll tell you, like we were in the hotel and we did see a protest go by pro Palestinian protest. And it was hard because, you know, we see this giant sign and it's a giant swastika being held. And that was, that was the first time I had seen one in person. Mm. Um, And I think, you know, and we were with my boyfriend who is Israeli, he's Jewish and she wrote him a letter And that letter is on my page. And, you know, she just said, I'm so sorry, basically, that you that people are are being hateful. And it even ended with like Israel will win. It was like the cutest letter. So if anyone wants to go read that letter, it's on my page that she sat there and, you know, and and wrote him this letter because for him to see people carrying a swastika is just the most frightening, terrible, frightening thing after everything that the Jewish people have been through and what that represents. Um, so Bella could feel it. She's only eight, but then she came to my speech that night and I looked over at her and then there are, um, people always ask me, why do you do this? Why do you do this? And I'm like, that is why I do this. I do this for her and for all of the younger generation, um, to hopefully have a better understanding and a better life. She then went home and wrote her own speech about, and that's on my page too. She wow. Wrote Look what you're doing. Right. And that's what I'm saying. It is. If we educate our children, to be loving. And this is my, this is how I feel about, I'm so sad for the children in in Palestine, in Gaza, because they're being taught hate, right? So they're being taught hate from the moment they're born. And to me, that's child abuse. Okay. Like in America, you're teaching kids to go stab people um, and have them say things like that. We've seen so many videos of these young kids saying like, I just want to stab a Jew. I can't wait. Like whatever. Um, That is child abuse. You're giving that child no chance of a loving, you know, future. And I do feel like these children should be removed from these homes. That's one of the things that I said in America, you teaching that you're going to get your child taken away. Um, You know, and people have said to me like, that's a crazy thought. They ask, what's your solution? My solution right now with all the money that we're raising for Gaza goes to take the women and children out of Gaza, house them somewhere, um, house them anywhere until the war is over so that we are not 
seeing and, and, and sadly losing babies and, and, you know, and children. Um, I don't understand why we can't just force and put pressure on Egypt just to give us some land, build some temporary, you know, like, you know, housing, move them there and then bring them back and use that money to rebuild and re-educate. Like, it seems pretty simple to me. Um, but I, but again, like, I believe that there are, babies are innocent. Okay. At the end of the day, babies are innocent. So when people say all Palestinians are this or that, I I can't get on board with that either because I now have friends who were radicalized and through this entire process that I have met who have been de-radicalized through education and are now speaking out on behalf of Israel and the Jewish people. So we can't ever just on either side say that everybody is this or that and i'll just never be one of those people so you can't be you can't be that way you have to take each person as they are and give them a chance so tell us about your trip to israel that was in december right yes and what made you go you started speaking out you weren't just speaking on your page because i was following you very closely um and you were speaking almost daily Mm -hmm. and was and then you started to be asked to speak out in public. I think you came to Washington, D.C. or New York. It was very yeah. cold. Um, yeah. And oh, then yeah. I saw you were in Israel. So please take us through that. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I um, I started being asked to, to speak at um, events and rallies, um, which I couldn't believe. I was like, what? I was like, everybody knows that I sometimes cuss. I don't really, you know, I did try to write a speech on two occasions. Um, and then I realized throughout it, I end up just not looking at it and just going with my heart. So I realized that's just who I am. Like, I can't write a speech and do all of that perfectly. I'm not, you know, Noah Tishby, like she's incredible. Like I am just a different being. I'm just a mom, um, who is speaking truthfully from her heart. Um, and so even I was just at Sundance and we were with the hostage families and I literally cried with one of the hostages, Omer's brothers in my arms and he's just bawling. Um, and I was also with the parents of another young man named Omer. Um, and you know, it was very emotional. And then I get handed the microphone and then I just walk up and I just speak from the heart. That's, that's what you're going to get from me now, you know? Um, and I feel like that's what people want to, they want to hear, you know, this is not some like calculated, um, I never knew I was going to be, a a a speaker. Um, and I, I really, it makes me really happy that I could just help even one person feel a little bit better, um, from speaking like, well, this has all happened very naturally, um, organically, you spoke out, this is what happens. And we don't know, we think we know what our purpose is, right? You think your purpose is, well, I'm going to create a business and I'm going to do this and everything else that you've done in your past, because you've had a very busy life. Yep. And what, and then all of a sudden something like this happens. You're like, what? I'm speaking. People are asking me, And it's sort of like a no-brainer to you because it comes from the heart. And that's the kind of woman you've always been. And you're helping people and you're educating them. And look at what you're doing for your daughter, for your friends. And your daughter's just going to think, I'm sure she already does, think that you should be the next president because (laughs) of the courage that you have for, for getting up. So what... What motivated you to go to Israel? And was there any fear? So the truth is, is I, I, when I got asked to join uh, an organization called Israel Friends, who have been doing so much, raising so much money for Israel and making sure that definitely check them out. Um, they have literally, I watched them. They are one of the foundations that I would absolutely tell everybody to donate to because I watched them take the specific gear needed and handed to the person who actually needed it. Like this one is friends of Israel, Israel okay. friends, yeah. Israel friends. Okay. Israel friends. Yeah. So I, when they asked me to come, um, I was a, just like blown away that I was even asked to come B. I was like, absolutely. Um, and for me, 
it was really important because of all of the barrage. I had a couple really rough days mm. where I was really attacked online, you know, but like, and I, and I let it get to me, but now it just doesn't bother me one bit because I went, because I went and I saw for myself and I was able to be like, actually Deborah Messing just did a great post about this, um, where she was like, you can't call me a liar. I was there. You know what I mean? So it's like, have you been? So it's like anybody who says to me that like, I, you know, I don't know. You don't know or, what you're talking about. Right. right or that there. this is propaganda. I'm like, you can't right. call a burnt house that I stood in where all of this, this person and family's things were surrounding me. And like the smell of what happened to them is still in these rooms. And it is, I mean, when I was walking through Barry, uh, Kibbutzberry and Faraza, there's moments where everybody was there and it kind of feels like awkward, like a little bit like a museum, like they're showing you, well, this is what happened here. But then when everybody would leave and I would just stand in the house by myself, I literally would get overwhelmed and just, I'm actually getting chills right now thinking about it. And I would just start bawling, crying because I would hear the laughter and the joy that was once in that home. And then I would hear the terror that then happened just by being there um, and feeling it. And there was even a video where I posted where I was just bawling, crying. And I was like, you can never tell me that these people deserved this. You can never tell me this was a fight for freedom. You can never misconstrued that with me ever again. Um, Because I saw it. I know what I was there. I was there. You were there for a long time. I was. I did a lot in that amount of time. Like for 10 days? Yes, I was there for about 10 days and we literally jam-packed that schedule. I mean, I went everywhere to the border of Lebanon, the Syrian border. I was with all the soldiers. Mm-hmm. I really understood that like these IDF soldiers are kids, they're fathers, they're beautiful humans that just want to live their normal lives. Like talking to one soldier about how he wants to be an actor when he gets out, another one who like is working on his startup company, you know, app design and you know like Another one's playing guitar for me. Another one's like, you know, and it's just like when people try to say like, I was really appalled recently when I saw the photos of the four girls that are still being held and someone was saying, well, they're soldiers. First of all, I don't know how many times I have to say this, but every single child in Israel knows their fate of having to one day be a soldier because of the threat that's just across the border, right? So they have no choice. I also think that is a really sad existent like reality um that people need to have some sympathy for um they have no choice they want to do it they want to support but they also want to go home and they also can't wait till the war is over and they don't want to hurt anybody they just want to survive right they just want to survive and they want their families to survive right i have an i have a niece there who went there after high school and her father is israeli and she went there she was in the army and then um, college, and then fell in love. And she's been there since she was 18 years old. And, you know, we worry about her all the time, but we're all in touch with her. Uh, But it's somebody knows somebody there. And so when you, when you were there, what was the, um, the thing that you were most surprised about? And were you also struck by the strength of the Israeli people? Oh my God. It's, it's so wild how I, I'm going to, I'm honest, like, like the, the Jewish people in America are much more frightened than the Jewish people in Israel because they are just so strong. You know, they're, they're born to protect, um, to like serve and protect. And literally when you have a bomb shelter on every corner and in every hotel and, you know, in every home, it's like, you have a different, you have a, you're built differently, you know? Right. Um, I remember when I hung out with my boyfriend's family who are, you know, from Israel and they're like, and I was like, oh my God, everybody's like so freaked out right now. And they're like, really? They're like, what's happening here in America? I mean, like, you know, like what's the big deal? And I realized it's totally different for the Jewish people that were just dealing with anti-Semitism in here. And that's scary and awful, but they're so um, used to actual like possibilities of a rocket dropping on their home well, every day. Right. And normally you'll hear that was fine. That was fine. But I remember hearing from my niece and she said, this is scary. 
this, yeah. this, this is scary. This isn't like the others. This is very different. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why we all felt it. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have videos of hearing just la- me walking and just hearing the loudest booms like mm-hmm. over and over again and me just being like, oh, you know, and I just couldn't shake the whole like, whoa, you know, and they're like, it's okay. Like, it's all right. Like, um, then I'm just like, wow. Um, it's definitely a wild feeling. I think also for me discovering just, I realize now, like when people, I did understand the whole like apartheid conversation or whatever. Right. And, and, and in Israel, that is not true. But what they're, but now I realize what they're saying is, is because they're, they're, they think it's Palestine. So that is the big problem that is very hard to change. I mean, if people don't believe that it's Israel and that it's actually occupied Palestine, that's where the whole apartheid thing is because they feel like they can't be in their own land. Right. 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 But when I was there and I saw, you know, I was in the hospital and then there's this Muslim man and he's able to pray right there, Mm -hmm. but he's wearing a jacket with a Jewish star and he's Muslim. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And then I went and I met with, you know, the Druzies who, who speak all different languages. And I met with, you know, um, you know, people from the gay community who are super grateful that they can be gay in, in Israel and like, you know, not be, you know, treated badly for it. And And that was a big thing that was brought up a lot. And to bring, bring up that this is a place safe for the gay community. This is a safe place because it's doesn't, Israel's just not for Jews. There are, everybody lives there. Yes. Most of the people are Jewish, but everybody lives there. This is why Israel is so important because they say that they want to, you know, give it to Palestine, give it to, you know, whatever. But if we don't have Israel in the Middle East, um, there is no more freedom. There is no more place to go and live and, and be free at, unfortunately, you know, like you can't be, um, whoever you want to be in a lot of these other places yet. I hope for the future that that will change. Um, like I said, like Gen Z and Iran are really fighting to, you know, stand up against, all of these things, um, you know, Egypt was a very like evolved place when I went and visited there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I feel like there's there's chance for the future, but Israel is is on the forefront of that type of um, way of life, and so it's very important. And the only people that really you know are against it and hate it and are trying to to you know say that there are all these types of bad things are the people that are against the freedom of life. Right. Thank you for clarifying. That's a really, really good point. Thank you. Did you, did you come back from Israel with a renewed um, look or was it, did you come back and say, Oh, that's exactly what I thought it was going to be like. I had no idea what I thought it was going to be like. To okay. Be like, and also when you go to these places, you're like, in your mind, you're thinking it's like this war torn, you know, even like the borders, they're beautiful. Like, I'm like, oh God, if everybody could get along, like the land here, like the tourism that could come, like the building of like a better society, like, wow, like if only, if only there weren't, um, terrorist regimes and this kind of, um, really terrifying, uh, ideology so much that hatred. in death over life, like, the Middle East would be one of the best places in the world. I know. I know. So what's next for you? So I am actually in the morning heading to Canada. Um, Canada needs a lot of help right now. Canada is really struggling. Like the anti-Semitism is on another level in Canada. Um, for some reason, I, di- I didn't realize. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's really bad. I'm talking like way worse than America, way worse than New York, way worse, you know, than than what we're what we're dealing with here. Um, um, and people are really scared. So I'm going, I'm going to go with stand with us and I'm going to do, um, speeches in, um, uh, Toronto, Montreal and Edmonton. Um, and I'm going to try to bring some, you know, just light and perspective and just kind of like help people to feel, I don't know. Hopefully it means something, you know. Right. People don't think that there are a lot of Jews in Canada. Somebody just said that to me recently. And I said, yes, it's a a very large population. As a matter of fact, I had a Holocaust survivor on my show back in November. Uh, He is 87 years old. 
and um, his family first went to Canada when they fled. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for everything that you're doing. I, I I really thank you so much. What? So tell us about your business, Pizza Girl, and how are you balancing uh, all this? You're going to be the first to know that I'm going back to Israel on February 5th. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going back. So this time is going to be not as much about bearing witness, but more about actually rolling up my sleeves and helping. So um, I'm excited. We have a lot of different events and organizations and are bringing some great people out there. Also, everybody needs to follow Shabbat Surf Club. Um, that is um, a really incredible organization that's bringing teaching people about Judaism through surf. Um, just a more laid back approach. Um, all, yeah. So we're doing a bunch of stuff with, um, yeah, with like legendary surfer, Sean Thompson and just all of, you know, just bringing people together through like a more like chilled out kind of way. Um, for some people that maybe don't connect with the super religious side or the super, you know what I mean? So it's more just appreciation of Israel in a, from a different light. If there was, before we get into your business, um, what would be, the places of just a few places you can throw out and then I'll leave them in the show notes where people can donate or get involved to help Israel. Yes, definitely. Um, Israel friends, definitely. Um, Bulletproof, um, is a really good organization. Those, those two organizations are just bring are really helping with, with gear for the soldiers. And then I'm also working with an organization called support a mother, um, and this is really beautiful. This is these moms that are literally, their husbands are off at war. They're now home with their kids. They can't work. They're they're struggling. Um, so we are trying to raise funds and I am actually going and I'm going to be making, you know, meal kits and actually like stopping by a bunch of their houses and just hanging out with them um, this trip. So if people could support, um, support a mother, it's really just about like, making the kids and, you know, you bring toys and different, you know, just things to warm and lighten up their day a little bit. You know, they're really scared. They're going to get a call that dad's not coming home. Um, They're really struggling. It's another side of it that we, that we don't put enough attention on, I think. And I'm really, um, I'm really honored to be helping out um, that organization as well. Thank you. Thank you. So what's going on with Pizza Girl? Okay, so let's talk about Pizza Girl. So prior to October 7th, Pizza Girl and my my little girl was my entire life. Um, Pizza Girl is something that I, you know, I was called the Pizza Girl when I was a little kid. Um, my dad had pizza shops, single dad, had to go to all the catering jobs with him. Um, it really instilled a really, um, really positive work ethic in me having to go. So I always say to parents, like, bring your kid to work, make them roll up their sleeves, make them help, you know, because that really did make it so that like a work wasn't work to me. It felt like fun. I love when I'm at an event or whatever, I'm cleaning. I'm like super like kind of just like humble in that way. Like I like to roll up my sleeves, get everything done. Um, And then honestly, I started Pizza Girl because I was frustrated dealing with my Italian pizza family because they just weren't listening to me. Mind you, I was like a bit of a wild party girl in my teenage years. So Um, I read. Yes, a very well-known, notorious party girl, which is probably why I can't run for president now. But, um, you know, all we need are those smear campaigns, like me, like, drunk, walking out of the club with Paris Hilton. Um, Yeah, you were really, you were I was. You know, I did the whole thing. I became a DJ. I toured the world. I did all of that. And it was all just part of my rebellious, rebelling against this whole pizza girl, you know, concept. Right. And then when I became a mom, I just kind of, you know, I had a couple honestly, scary run-ins with drugs and alcohol during that time in my life. And I just decided to kind of, you know, I went to AA, I cleaned up my life. I, um, you know, really just thought about the fact that I lost my mother when I was five and I just didn't want to do that to my daughter. Um, so it really changed my life. And originally I started speaking out to kids about maybe not going down that road. You know what I mean? Like, like a starting earlier means that you're going to have a much brighter future if you can think of a, a career option at a younger age um because you're gonna have like at least 10 failures before you have your one which i did i was very entrepreneurial mm-hmm. 
Um, so then pizza girl was me finally being like, well, fine. If you're not going to let me do what I want to do for Demore's pizza, which is my dad's place. Cause there was literally too many cooks in the kitchen. I was like, I'm going to start my own company. and I'm going to show you how good I am. And sure enough, I mean, I started with only three jarred pasta sauces, all organic and so delicious marinara, a vodka sauce and an arrabbiata. And they are, they literally taste exactly like my grandmother's sauces with no preservatives. You can eat them right out of the jar. Now I'm in 2,500 supermarkets. I started this company off of $5,000 and nothing but a dream and a trademark. And I literally sat in supermarkets. You can see if you scroll down a ways on my Instagram page, like mm-hmm. I've been standing in supermarkets for the past five years, giving out samples to, to, because I didn't have the big funding that the other big companies have right. to stay on shelves. And now we're like, I just got my whole foods numbers. We're like up 80% in the past, like four weeks, 52 weeks, like up 60%. So it's really starting to happen. Um, so of course, being outspoken was a little scary at first, um, just the thought of it. But at the end of the day, I think the people that try my product know it's the very best product. And it shouldn't matter that I stood up for people that were suffering. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> There were so many people that I was disappointed in. Uh, I didn't know them personally, but celebrities, Jewish celebrities yeah. that weren't speaking out. Yeah. And I I didn't understand that, but I heard rumors and things like that that said, no, 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 you don't want to speak out. You don't want to hurt your your business. You don't want to hurt this. And no, there's no. little there's little me. And yeah. um, my daughter has a PR background. And I said to her, I want to say something. I'm a little scared, but I want to say something because I had just been in New York uh, soon after this happened and they had closed down Grand Central um, because there were all these protesters out there. I was only there for 24 hours and in the 24 hours I was there, the protests had begun. And Grand Central Station has never been closed down, doors locked, anything like that. And I said, I want to talk about this. She's like, go ahead, but be ready. And then I was horrified when I saw the comments, horrified at all the hate and she said, mom, yeah. don't, don't look at the comments. Just don't look at it. But, exactly. she said, you know, but I was happy that they I did do nothing. They do nothing but leave comments. Honestly, the people that are, and you lose, so you lose followers, big deal. I don't big want deal. those kind of followers anyway. And the right. fact that and- your business is like just growing because people like you and the product. Yeah. There you go. And it came from go. the heart. You were being yeah. fearless and authentic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, like the the people that are they're going to spend their day like trolling those yeah. people are not going to go buy your product anyway okay <laughs> they're literally in their grandma's basement you are so right they're not like out in the world like doing actual positive things so those aren't the people you really need to worry about anyway and it's a big world out there so do not be scared and honestly let's also not hate on people who took some time to speak out because right i'm really proud of like when it paucho she just spoke out for the israeli women who have been raped and a lot of people are like oh, you know, like three months too late, blah, blah, blah. No. Never too late. Like, yes, thank you. It's never too late to do the right thing. And if people are seeing negativity towards her, they're not going to do it as well. What we want is people to feel good and feel empowered and continue to like want to speak up, you know? And we're getting a lot more people. You'll be surprised. People are seeing it. It hasn't taken me down. I'm the poster child for it. So you know, like I'm just telling everybody, hey, like, look at me. It's all good. And it's good to like stand up for people. So, right. And if you need to learn more about what you're talking about, because you need, go to Caroline's page. Yeah. Go and listen to her. Go see the people that she talks to. Listen to what she's saying. So, what is your hope and your goal for being this activist? So, you're a CEO of Pizza yeah. Girl. Now you're an activist, you're a yeah. speaker, you're traveling all over the world. What do you? How do you see yourself in the next five years? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm working daily on growing my company. You know, I'm very excited that um, Aaron and Sarah Foster's fund just invested in Pizza Girl, which is really exciting. They are bad asses, and I'm just so excited to have more powerful women on my team. Um, so we are expanding into some more supermarkets. We are also now launching our e-commerce, you know, our e-commerce business is really growing. Our new pizza ovens, the Pizza Girl Pizza Grill. And I love those. Foreman of the pizza oven. They work so well, you guys. They're only $158 and we sell out every time they drop, which is so exciting. 
Are I your- love I love pizza. I have to get it. I keep looking at it. I was like, I have to buy it. But then I think, oh my goodness, is it too hard for me to use? No. Oh my God. Okay. It's literally just plug it in and you just read the instruction manual. You hit me up and I'll tell all you. Right. I did a bunch of posts about all the tips. It is so easy. You don't even have to clean it. And your little thing is gonna the oven's gonna get black. I mean, and it and it and people are like, oh no, it looks black. I'm like, no, that's a legitimate oven, you know, like it's supposed to like get like that over time. So I promise you it's the easiest oven and it can go okay. in an apartment. It doesn't have to be this big, crazy thing in the backyard. Um, <laughs> and it's very reasonably priced. Um, yeah. So I definitely think, you know, I'm going to continue to do that. And then we also have a dream to do pizza girl, um, little pizza windows all over in hotels and airports and whatnot with all my organic ingredients and pink pizza boxes and pink everything. So that's the future for pizza girl. And then I will always continue. It's funny because in the beginning, I think, investors and business people they were like well i don't know this is scary but now they're like this is just who she is you know right. so it's like yeah so it all worked out um it, you it know, always it always does when you stand in your truth when you're standing correct. in your power it always does because there is no other place to be than to be yourself right yes and to be fearlessly authentic it truly comes back it does so what does fearlessly authentic mean to you it means just living your absolute truth, like me not being afraid to be called the pizza girl um, and, and just be proud of like my roots and where I came from. And just when you feel something, you go with it. Right. That is what it means. Um, and you try to be a good person at all times, you know. That. Yeah. When people are hateful, sometimes, yeah, it's hard for me. And I just want to tell them to go F themselves. But for the most part, um, just always being kind to nice, kind people is just going to, it's going to breed more love. So it really yeah. is. Well, Caroline Demore, thank you so much. I'm so glad we finally got this scheduled and you were able to be on the show. Tell everybody how they can reach you. Absolutely. You guys can follow me at Caroline DeMore on Instagram and my company at Pizza Girl on Instagram. Those are my main go-tos. I got off TikTok because of how awful it is. Isn't it? Isn't <laughs> yeah, it? it's like I don't, like it. I don't like it one bit. Yeah. So all about the gram and then pizzagirl.com to check out my website and see what we have going on. Okay. I will continue following you. Everybody, if you haven't followed Caroline yet, please go follow her, buy her pizza sauce. I love talking to you. Thank you so much for your time. And remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find me at Jody Harrison Bauer on all social media platforms and on YouTube as well. And until next week, everybody, go be your most fearlessly authentic self. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison-Bauer on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you.